A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Good morning, um, live from Lafayette, uh, West Lafayette, Indiana, uh, at Purdue University. We are in our event design lab and at, at our EDC Level 3 training. And in our little studio, we have Lane Villayo, Certified Association Executive from Madison. Yep. Um, Lane, welcome. Thank you for having me on, Rule. Yeah. You are part of this um, EDC Level 3 program, uh, and you are a participant, um, but also you sent your team earlier to a EDC Level 1 program. I'm just curious, like what is what what was what was um, um, of your interest and how you came across the event canvas and everything. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I actually have a, a couple colleagues um, who have gone through the program and gotten their certification um, and met Devin at IMEX, uh, where we were able to chat about the program and the design thinking that goes into uh, event design canvas, and that was really intriguing for me. So uh, when I found out that Purdue University was the is the first university in the world, correct, uh, to have a, an event design lab, um, the, having this resource in our backyard and not not leveraging that seemed like a waste. So we um, so there was a level one class in June. We've sent a couple of our employees there. Uh, I'm participating in this, and I think the idea long term is how do we engage more of our team members. Uh, in um, in this event design canvas um, product so that we have a shared nomenclature, this shared idea around design thinking and how we're implementing that. You know, as an association management company, we obviously do a lot of events um, for all of our all of our association partners. But I think that there's a lot of opportunity to use this facilitation method and this way of thinking in everything that we do from membership to uh, how we are doing our communications, any of those things. Um, yesterday we spent time doing the empathy mapping and uh, all I could think about was this is a great opportunity for us to think through the eyes of our stakeholders in how we approach uh, anything that we do for our membership organizations. And so um, post-pandemic, um, I think it's even more important for us to put fresh eyes, put a fresh way of thinking. And so being able to at least send some of our team members or regularly send our team members up to this lab here or to any of those events to go through level one or as they identify themselves to uh, with a strong interest in getting that CED credential uh, to get them through the level three program, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for us to to build an area of expertise in this, uh, to have a shared idea and vision about how we discuss the problems, the the challenges that our associations face, uh, and 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 do so in a really unified way. So I think that's great. 
That's great. Like great to hear that. Um, uh, we have to ask you to like, come a little bit close to your mic yeah. when you when you're speaking. <laughs> That's better for the for the listeners. Yeah. Um, and we um, just for the for the listeners, we set up a little studio, a very small studio in um, in our little event design lab, um, and we are just before the program starts uh, getting together. Um, Lane, um, how do you see um, after this story? Um, how do you see the application to work with clients? Is that something you you see in front of you? Like, I, I see that I see us working across all of our clients in a way to 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 address the challenges that they face. So not just in events. And I think that there's a really large opportunity for us to relook at. Uh, our events, large and small, and say, uh, what is that entering behavior? What is that exiting behavior? Who are the stakeholders, and and how you know what behaviors do we want to change as a result? Um, but to even take some of that and apply it to um, other um, other areas of what our associations do is really important. Um, I think having this lab here in West Lafayette, which is just 45 minutes, an hour away from Indianapolis, where we could even bring clients up and go through that event design canvas process so that they can see uh, what that what that needs to look like. They can begin to look through this through the eyes of stakeholders um, is, is, you know, an advantage. It's a competitive advantage for us as an organization to be able to have this in our backyard and partner with Purdue University and, mm -hmm. and partner with the event design lab to really leverage that. Wow. Um, I think it's um, uh, that's um, right. The, uh, that's the intention of an event design lab, and um, uh, we will have a, a podcast later uh, today with um, our dear friend Nick Benora, uh, who is then heading this uh, event design lab from Purdue University, and that is um, exactly the intent um, how he likes to position this uh, event design lab. So I'm very glad that you are responsive to that uh, to that call um, of him to bring clients to create better events and create events that matter um, in this lab. Um, let me ask you um, uh, about your company and, and what kind of clients you serve. Can you tell, tell me a little bit more about um, what Madison is and um, how, what kind of clients you serve and what your yeah, what is your position there? Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. Absolutely. So I'm a partner in a company called Madison. Uh, we're an association management company. So uh, we provide professional services to trade and professional associations. Um, our base of, of partners is um, state, regional, national, and international associations. So uh, we currently work with about um, 42 associations uh, in some manner, um, most of which are full service management, meaning rather than have their own uh, office staff and their own uh, physical infrastructure, uh, they outsource all of that to us and we become their staff, we become their experts on staff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting because we're able to work with and see a lot of different associations, see those different cultures, uh, see how uh, they um, work with their stakeholders and engage their stakeholders and really um, begin to learn from all of those on, our, on a really rapid basis, which is neat. Uh, it allows us to, to gain a lot of different perspectives and um, experiences uh, very quickly across, of, across the partners that we work with. And so uh, being able to uh, build that expertise from the event design thinking, right? 
explore this is um, is important for us because we have a lot of our, our partners constantly asking us, uh, well, what should we do? Uh, where do we need to go? Um, Post-pandemic, uh, especially internationally with some of our, our partners, you know, um, do we does everything go virtual now because you know i can click on a computer what's the importance of being in person and so um, helping them identify uh, why that why that is important through the eyes of their stakeholders uh, is something that we really need to to make sure that we're constantly talking about that that they are understanding and sort of absorbing uh, so that they understand what the investment looks like and, and what the potential gains are, right? Uh, we talk about pains and gains mm -hmm. uh, in, that, in, in the process, and I think it's important for the associations to understand what those pains and gains are, uh, what those potential exiting behaviors, you know, that we can create if we, if we really do this process well, um, and I think that, that is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, what I'm inter interested in, um, when when I was um, in the past consulting some associations, um, and still we, uh, we 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 have associations as our clients too in our in our daily practice when it comes to event design, but on a larger scale, as you said, um, I discovered in I, I think 2010 um, that the, that the membership organization is changing and facing some really really big challenges in terms of. Will members stay members? Is that still a profitable model? These kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. So, how how do you um, what do you advise your clients, or what is your experience, and what is where are these people now, or where are these organizations right now, looking at that specific challenge? I think there's a massive generational shift that is about to happen, right? Uh, we have more and more baby boomers that are exiting and going into retirement. We've got uh, more um, of those um, Gen Z and even younger entering into the profession and, and their their needs are different. Um, how they want to interact with their association is very different. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be really conscious of that. So, you know, doing that empathy mapping and understanding who are our young professionals, what are they looking for, um, what, uh, what are they interacting with currently that is popular, and that sort of sets up the expectation for what they anticipate from the association. Uh, there are a lot of choices now, right? Um, why do I travel? You know, um, why do I travel to this event when I can see a TED talk online, or when I can, when there's so much content that's available by internet? If we do the same thing that we've always done, um, that is that was geared towards those previous generations, that isn't going to speak to those young professionals that are rising, those mid-level professionals yep. that are going to be the the next generation of leaders. So we really need to be you know, looking through their eyes. And, and that is not for us to, you know, not for me in my seat to say, this is what they want. We need to be asking them, what do you want? What, uh, what are you seeing? How do you want to engage with your association? Because, you know, uh, depending on the culture of that organization, depending on um, who, who makes that up, right? Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of different responses to what that could be. You know, could an association move to a, a Netflix-like like subscription model? Or do you see something more like Amazon where everything becomes very a la carte and you see uh, where everybody is going based on what they're purchasing rather than you have to you know, uh, pay for this membership that is the gatekeeper for everything that we do? Um, 
we see this in certifications, right? I don't necessarily need to go to university to get all of my learning when there are great organizations like uh, that are doing the CED programs and, and where we're um, where we're expanding our level of knowledge and our way of thinking towards uh, this, you know, very professional work that we're doing. So I think that's important for us to be thinking about. Well, thank you for that insight. Um, in our book, Designed to Change, we talk about um, the horizon of change. Looking at your business, um, what is what is one of the one of the things you see happening in the future? Um, what is your horizon of change of Madison or uh, your personal horizon of change? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I, I think that there are a few things going on. Um, number one, in the association space, um, there are a lot of senior executives. So as I mentioned, bef you know, before. Um, there's that sea change potentially of executives that are getting ready to retire or are looking for uh, what that next step is in their career. So you have, uh, you know, you have you have this transition that's going to happen with senior leadership at association levels, and I think that that uh, that coupled with the pandemic um, is really allowing associations to say what is the right model that is for us. So uh, what I mean by that is, do we need the office in DC that we were paying for with all of the you know, computers and furniture and, and everything like that? Do we really need as many employees, captive employees as we were having before? Uh, for small associations, it is, um, do we really need that one or two employees or three employees that were doing so many different things previously? They were so generalist because um, they needed to be. Are there other models that exist out there that we can be looking at? And for as an association management company, where we can offer shared infrastructure, uh, more more levels of expertise uh, in a in a fractional manner, I think that that is a really uh, intriguing offer for associations to take a look at, to create efficiency in how they're um, using their dollars, right? As I mentioned before also, you know, there's an opportunity for us as association management companies to really focus on this idea of demonstrating expertise. So it's it's not as though um, association management or anything, you know, in our in our sphere is rocket science, but at the same time, uh, we can invest in our employees in a shared nomenclature, in this shared way of, of design thinking, um, in understanding the best practices and the trends. Association management companies, I think, can do that a lot faster because we are seeing all of those um, across our associations and making those changes much faster if if we're doing it right. So I think that's where uh, there are opportunities for us as association management companies or to leverage that change that's happening in our profession. Uh, and this is uh, in all related professions as well to say, we can give you the expertise at the right amount that you need it. Uh, so not hiring that full-time person and trying to fill their plate, but doing so on a fractional basis. Yep. And um, you don't have the burden of owning the office building and shoveling the front drive when there's a thing or, or having to call maintenance, uh, owning in you know uh, furniture, fixtures, and equipment. We can do that as an association yep. management company and really leverage those pieces. Nice. Lane, it's about time. Um, we are um, 
it's um, a few uh, a few minutes before we. Uh, I hear all uh, the classmates uh, running exactly. in. Exactly, <laughs> they're running in, and they need us to uh, to help help them uh, to work on a project from um, multiplying good. Because um, yesterday, Marianne, who is in our class, uh, won the project pitch, and uh, we're going to work on a block party for multiplying good. So we're very excited today yeah. to, um, um, yeah, roll up our sleeves and. Um, make sure that uh, Marianne is walking out tomorrow with a, a great event design using the methodology and using the collective brain power of um, our class. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, my name is Wolf Rissen. Uh, thank you for um, being here, Lane, and thank you for listening uh, to the uh, for the audience. Um, there's more coming from uh, Purdue. Um, stay tuned. Great. Thank you. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag Event Canvas. Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation. <laughs>